Welcome to Pathways to Success, a podcast produced by the Social Development Commission. It's conversation to influence Milwaukee County stakeholders and improve the quality of life for people experiencing poverty. Welcome back to the Pathways to Success podcast. This month, we're going to take a closer look at food insecurity in Milwaukee County. Now, some of you may find it difficult to believe that right now, there are Milwaukee County residents that don't have enough to eat. So let's go straight there as we begin discussion with Sherry Tussler, Executive Director of the Hunger Task Force. Thank you for making time for this important discussion today. I'm glad to be here. So let's paint the environment, if you will. Let's define the problem. I read where you said that hunger affects one out of every four children in Milwaukee. Tell me more. Sure. We woke up this morning and one out of four children could go to the refrigerator or the cupboards in their kitchen and not find any food. Those are kids who are suffering from hunger, which makes it really difficult for them to learn, play, be healthy, and thrive. And so it's important for people to realize that there are federal programs here that can help those kids and that they need our help, more importantly. They are our community's children, and we should be doing something to address the poverty that they're living in. And at the Social Development Commission, one of the things that we focus on are the root causes of poverty. You've been at this for a very long time. What are some of the underlying trends that create a situation where a child would not have enough to eat? Well, a lot of times people want to say it's a lack of education or a mental health or addiction problem or homelessness, but those are actually symptoms of the problem. And I like to look at the public policy issues that create and exacerbate hunger because there's enough food in Wisconsin to feed everyone who lives in Wisconsin. The problem is that some people don't get access to that food. And it's because as a community, as a legislature, our community leadership and decision makers are ignoring those people and their needs. And those needs are basic. And so if there are sound social policies in place, everyone gets to eat. So our audience is made up of elected officials community activists, grassroots organizations, CAP agencies, et cetera. What do they need to hear? What's happening now that isn't being addressed when it comes to food insecurity? Well, here in Milwaukee County, the welfare office is closed. It's only open two days a week for two hours at a time. That's a problem. We've lifted the emergency ban. It's a public health crisis still, but offices are open and people are walking around without masks. And even though the Department of Health Services is the one that lifted the mask mandate and the emergency order, they still haven't sent their staff back to work. And low-income people, as a result, are having a hard time accessing the food share program. And that is a really serious problem. So what can people do? They can call Secretary Karen Timberlake and they can get the Marsha P. Coggs building reopened so that people can get the help that they need. What are you hearing uh, in terms of why it's not open? A number of things. They're considering not reopening at all and having everything be virtual. They're considering moving away from 12th and Belit, which has been sort of the storied and historic location of the welfare office all of these years. They're considering a new building. We don't know where, but we do know that under the law, people have the right to apply for food share that they have the right to be given their food share within seven days if they have little or no food. And those rights are currently being violated when the Department of Health Services does not operate an in-person service. 
And so you're encouraging people to contact the governor's office. No, and... I think that they could go directly to Secretary Karen Timberlake. Okay. She is responsible for operating the Department of Health Services. She may not understand that all of the welfare offices across the state are not meeting federal regulation. And maybe she needs to hear that from individuals who are both impacted and people who care about them. Talk with me a little bit about the Hunger Task Force, your role as, you know, even a starting place for both people who are concerned about this issue and for people who find themselves in need of help. Sure. Hunger Task Force is Milwaukee's free and local food bank. We supply food pantries, soup kitchens, homeless shelters, senior public housing, and senior dining sites with supplies of food that are healthy and nutritious on a monthly basis. And so we deliver that food directly to those emergency programs doors. In some cases, we distribute that food on our own as staff in front of senior dining sites. So locally, people think of us as a food bank. We are working on anti-hunger public policy work as well. We do operate what was once the Milwaukee County House of Correction Work Farm, the farm, and we supply fresh produce to those same programs so that people can get healthy foods. We operate a mobile market, which provides a 25% discount on fresh and healthy foods throughout food deserts here in Milwaukee County. And we are the organizers of the Summer Food Service Program, making sure that kids get access to summer meals. Describe what you're seeing right now. Obviously, we're making progress as, it, you know, as we begin to reopen, but so many people are hurting still. This isn't over, obviously. Right. Lots and lots of people became unemployed during the pandemic. And now some of um, the cliffs in those programs like unemployment compensation are coming up and they may not have recovered fully on an economic level. I can say that there have been substantial changes in the federal nutrition programs that have actually increased people's access to food in a way that we haven't seen in my entire career. For example, the food share program. The state of Wisconsin always paid the minimum household allowable. States across the U.S. get to choose, do they want the minimum somewhere in the middle or the maximum? And our state was always miserly and always paid the least. And so a senior living in public housing might get $16 a month. During the pandemic, because of emergency allotments, due to the both state and federal orders combined, that same senior is now getting $234 a month. That's almost enough to make it through. Right, right. right especially if they go shopping at our mobile market where they get 25% off. We are still in a place where those emergency allotments will be in place probably through the end of this calendar year. Other states are seeing their emergency orders lifted and they're losing those federal benefits. So I've been telling people lately it takes a pandemic to make people think about the food stamp program. Before the food stamp program or before the pandemic, people would say, oh, if you're on food share, you're lazy, you're drug addicted. You're not willing to get a job. We're going to create work requirements for um, parents who had school-aged children. And all that got lifted. And now all of a sudden, almost every one of us knows somebody who needed food share during the pandemic. And now we're going, hey, that's a program that really helps people. And more importantly, I guess, not only did it help people, but it helped to spirit our economy. It helped farmers and food producers and truck drivers and grocery stores across Wisconsin because of the infusion of more than $70 million every single month in food buying power. Absolutely. So do we have to worry about it reverting back to $16 We do. 
We do. We need to worry about that. And that's another thing that we should talk to our elected officials about because as a state, we get to decide, do we want the minimum? Do we want the maximum? It's 100% federally funded. So we're not talking about increasing anybody's taxes here. We're not talking about going into the state's coffers. We're talking about just making sure that people get what's entitled to them from the federal government. Pretty simple. Talk to me a little bit about what you were seeing pre-pandemic as it relates to food deserts in particular. I saw that you were quoted in another article, one in 11 households in Wisconsin experienced low or very low food security. But here in Milwaukee, food deserts create an even greater need. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. I live in a food desert. I live in on the near west side in Merrill Park, and there aren't any grocery stores anywhere near where I live. And so what that means is that people rely on the corner store or the gas station to buy a gallon of milk. When they do go grocery shopping, they're going to buy everything that they can, and oftentimes it's going to be canned goods and other shelf-stable items because they may lack transportation to get to the store. If they rely on the dollar store or the nearby small store or the bodega, they're going to pay 70% more for their food. And so what that means is the people who are the poorest have to pay the most for food. And those of us who have a motor vehicle can go to a big box grocery store or could go to multiple different stores depending upon what we feel like today. Don't understand what a struggle it is to live in both urban areas where there isn't a grocery store nearby or public public transportation, or to live in a rural area where you might have to drive 45 minutes just to get to the Walmart. Those are the struggles of low-income people. And so that food share program can help make ends meet for people as long as they can get to a store that accepts food share and that has a variety of what they call depth of shelf food items. And so next time somebody's at the gas station or the corner store and it says, we accept food share or WIC, look around and be critical and say, are we really helping anybody or is this just a store format that takes advantage of the food share program? Beyond those local corner stores, is it a challenge to get people to accept the payment for food? At this point, all of the grocery stores across Milwaukee, the chain stores, are accepting food share. There was a time when not all of them did. Some of them are starting to realize that there's not only reason to accept food share, but to welcome food share. Because food share has an amplifying effect. It creates jobs, again, inside your grocery store when people use it. And so the food share benefits go out usually in the first two weeks of the month based on the last digit of your Social Security number. So you're going to see more people shopping in those first two weeks. It's not like payday for you or I where we can go whenever we feel like it or, you know, every other week to the store. You're just going to concentrate all of your buying in that one payment. And I think if COVID taught us anything, you know, there, but by the grace of God, if you will, go I. I mean, that's a fact. We're all pretty I mean, vulnerable. There were a lot of vulnerable people. I saw a lot of people. Hunger Task Force was essential. So we continued to work throughout the entire course of the pandemic. And it was kind of spooky at the beginning, but we knew, knew that we needed to be there. And so we started monitoring the availability of our food pantry services. 
by going to food pantries when they were supposed to be open. We created a map of searchable locations. There was a point where last April, about 50% of the pantries also shuttered because they were run by volunteers. And most of those volunteers were seniors and people were afraid. So we were actually building additional food boxes in preparation for having to operate food pantries ourselves. Thankfully, it didn't come to that, but we did find ourselves in all the senior dining parking lots because those locations closed but people still needed their stock box. And so we started doing a drive-through distribution for our seniors to make sure that they could still have access to that food. Yeah. And for those reasons and more, the Social Development Commission has joined you in addressing the food insecurity and food deserts in, in our community. You've been listening to Sherry Tussler, Executive Director of the Hunger Task Force. We'll continue our conversation after a break. Your local community action agency, the Social Development Commission, is seeking a candidate to fill a seat on the SDC Board of Commissioners. SDC's elected commissioners advocate and represent Milwaukee County residents. SDC helps provide resources to move people beyond poverty. Run for office, become a commissioner, become a write-in candidate. Go to cr-sdc.org for more information. Go to cr-sdc.org to see how you can run for office. And welcome back. We are talking to Sherry Tussler, the Executive Director of the Hunger Task Force. If I can take the conversation in just a slightly different direction and talk about partnerships, specifically the new partnership that you have with SDC to address food scarcity in our community. Why do you think that it was so important to partner with SDC? Well, SDC is the Community Action Agency for Milwaukee County. Everybody knows that. And they provide such a wide array of services for people in the community who are really in trouble. It's an anti-poverty agency. So it's a natural, of course, to partner with SDC on a food pantry. And we were so excited to see them target the northwest side of Milwaukee County, which not only is multiple food deserts, but there's so much low-income housing in that area of around Northridge and further to the north and west, and no one would ever go there. We tried. We tried to establish a food pantry in the woodlands. We've tried to bring the mobile market there. We've tried so many things, and SDC, of course, came forward and said, we can do that. And so it's, it's going to be a fabulous partnership. We're so looking forward to people being able to get access to emergency food and then SCC's other services. So not only will they go to the food pantry, but the people at the food pantry will know how to help them beyond giving them food. Absolutely. And what do we know about that population on the northwest side there? We know that there are very few retail outlets anymore. We know that stores that have tried to be there have shuttered. Obviously, we know that Northridge was abandoned so long ago. The housing is affordable, but the distance is, is tremendous. We know that it takes an hour and a half on the bus to get to the COG Center, and so those people are less likely to be on a food share. They're distant from employment opportunities because the retailers are often shuttered. Their life has to be very, very difficult. Tell me a little bit about your story and how you 
got into this industry doing this work? I um, moved to Milwaukee in 1988 to operate the Hope House, a homeless shelter on Milwaukee's south side. And so I was the founding executive director there. We used to sleep on the floor in the church. <laughs> it was the first south side shelter. And so I worked as an advocate there. We built what was then hailed as the most modern homeless shelter in the state of Wisconsin. Got a very large HUD grant successfully. And I got married and had a couple of kids along the way and found that I could operate the homeless shelter while I was still nursing my daughter. And I thought, I need to do something more. I wanna do something else. And the job at Hunger Task Force opened, and I knew that Hunger Task Force was not just a food bank, but an advocacy organization. During that time, we were reforming welfare. W-2 had come into being. And I had seen the homeless shelter fill with people that couldn't get out of the homeless shelter because they couldn't get aid to families with dependent children anymore. They had their food share and their Medicaid cut off summarily, and their length of stay went from, oh, 10 days to 90 days. So when I went to the Hunger Task Force, what I found was a food bank that was out of food, and it was because people were visiting food pantries in record numbers because their food share cases had been closed when their W-2 had initiated. So it was a very rough time, a very work-based time. But it was our job to make sure that people got access to food. We wanted our food pantries to be qualified. We wanted them to serve local communities. And we've been pretty successful with that overall. But along the way, that I also learned that charity isn't the answer. Getting emergency food to people is just the very beginning. Because you can feed people today, but you're not ending their future hunger. And what we really needed to do was to become experts and advocates on things like school breakfast, the National School Lunch Program, the Food Share Program, the WIC Program and the commodity programs that we currently operate, including TFAP and the Kamai Supplemental Food Program or Stockbox. And so over time, I've gotten to know all of those programs. And our job really is to monitor how they operate in the city and the state, and then to be an advocate for administrative changes or policy changes to make sure that people get full access to those programs because they are federal entitlements. Right. That advocacy role is, is really important, very much like SDC in that way, because we certainly offer services. As Dr. Hinton likes to say, you know, people need a Band-Aid. You do have to triage the immediate need. But we know that that's not the answer. Uh, other, you know, So for you, you know, if you just give someone a meal, yes, you help that immediate need, but they're going to be back tomorrow because we've not addressed the root cause problem. So in partnership with the community at large and other organizations, what would your advocacy look like to address the, the root cause? Well, as an example, let's talk about school meals. Sometimes school meals aren't that nutritious. Sometimes school meals don't look like what the menu says. And so we worked with high school students who all own cell phones. And we had them start taking photos of their food. And then we went to the school board and we said, this is what a school meal looks like. You can read the menu, but until you've seen it or eaten it, you really don't know what it is. And what the students asked for was fresh fruit and vegetables instead of canned stuff. They asked for forks and knives instead of sporks. They asked for their food not to be served in tin cups or paper bolts. They wanted plates. Those are all issues of dignity. Sure. People hadn't thought about. But we were successful in pressuring the Milwaukee Public Schools 
to start listening to the students and feeding them foods that were good for them and recognizing that their strategy for feeding people should also include dignity. Absolutely. And and in that line as well, what we feed our young people or anyone in general is very important. The ones who had high blood pressure or pre-existing conditions are the ones in many cases that did not survive the pandemic. And so I assume there's a role there too for hunger task force. There absolutely has been. Um, hunger task force adopted the USDA's MyPlate some six years ago. And what that is a strategy for healthy eating that says half of every meal you eat should be fruit and vegetables and the other half should be lean meats and whole grains. Your dairy should be low in fat, okay? So what that means is when people donate food to us, we sort through it and we only pass on foods that are in good condition and that meet the MyPlate standards. So we stopped giving away ramen noodles. We stopped giving away cookies. No more cake mixes. And those things are all lovely. And if people really want them, they'll find them. But it should not be the role of the food bank to give unhealthy foods to people. But instead, we should be pillars in the community thinking about healthy eating as a public health issue. And so if low-income people are overweight, if they have diabetes or hypertension, it could be because they have had a diet high in complex carbohydrates because that's what they've gotten at the food pantry, or that's what they could purchase at the bodega, or it was something that they are just used to consuming, and they haven't gotten any kind of nutrition education. So Hunger Task Force is all about nutrition ed as well. We have a registered dietitian on staff. We do taste testing. We go to pantries. We teach people what to do with the foods that they get so they can prepare them in a way that they're going to appreciate, and then in the future, choose healthy eating over those complex carbohydrates. Sure. If you will, tell me what the experience is like at a food pantry today. And, and let's, you know, just using me for example, I've just lost my job. I've got two kids. How do I go about getting help? And what kind of food assistance can I expect? Well, visiting one of the Hunger Task Force supported pantries, and we support the vast majority that exists here in Milwaukee County. So if you were to walk into the SDC pantry, you would get a supply of healthy foods based on your household size, your diet, your religion, and your personal preference. So we want to know what you want to eat. And we want to know that because we don't want to waste food. We want to give you something that you would never eat for any of those reasons. But we're also going to say, hey, what's up? What's going on right now that you need emergency food? And it's always related to income. I don't have a job. I'm underemployed. I lost work hours. I recently um, became disabled. I don't know how to take care of myself. I was evicted from my house and I lost all my food. Things like that. And so those are the underpinnings of some questions that have to be answered for you. And then the staff at STC would refer you into housing programs. They would refer you into job training. They might lift you into employment through an employment or employability program, but they're going to take care of the things that brought you to the pantry in the first place. Getting back to those root causes again. For sure. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you think people need to know? It's such a big, broad topic, and sometimes we can just feel like we're not empowered, like we can't 
make a difference. But collaboratively, we certainly can. For sure. One thing I want to talk about is senior hunger. There are more than 21,000 seniors in Milwaukee County that are low income. The older we get, the more likely we are to be poor because our medical bills overwhelm us and our social security doesn't keep up with the cost of living. And so a lot of people are struggling, whether they're in public housing or in their own home or a rental property. We have a program called Stockbox, which is a prepacked box of food just for seniors, and they can get it every single month, and everything inside of it is good for you. That program went under-enrolled during the pandemic because seniors were afraid to go outside and get it. We were locked out of public housing, so we couldn't even deliver it to public housing where people needed it. So the doors are back open. And we have been challenged by the state of Wisconsin to fully enroll that program. 21,000 seniors, currently only 8,000 are getting it. So if you know a low-income senior, refer them to the Stockbox program. Hunger Task Force has plenty of stock boxes, and we can show you either where to get one. There may be a possibility as early as August of home delivery. So think about that. We'd love to see you out, um, but if you can't get out or transportation is a huge barrier for you, we need to know that as well, and we can sign you up for a delivery. You've been listening to a conversation with Sherry Tussler, Executive Director of the Hunger Task Force. Thank you, Sherry, so much for the work that you do in our community and taking time to uh, join us on this podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Subscribe to the Pathways to Success podcast now and never miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a review. To learn more about what you've heard on the show today, visit our website at cr-sdc.org. That's cr-sdc.org.